welcome to Ridiculously Imperfect. I'm Emily. And I'm Kelsey. Each week, we share life stories while embracing our imperfections. Life is messy enough. Why not laugh along the way? On this podcast, we embrace life's chaos through authentic conversation. You never know if you'll laugh or cry, and neither do we. Join us in being ridiculously imperfect. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ridiculously Imperfect. What's up? We're rolling on into episode, the second episode of season two. I was going to yes. say episode two, but it's that's actually not the episode number. I it's like that 36 is not a or good something. question for me. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to uh, take a look at our chart. <laughs> yes, our our chart to refresh that, my memory. Uh, so. <laughs> Kelsey and I have had a lot of like drainage this morning <laughs> and maybe we need to have like drainage episodes. No, that sounds know. real bad. No, that's no, real not that. That's not. <laughs> this is starting off lovely. Like, okay. Between- the storm is rolling in. The weather's changing. Yes. We're both have problems with asthma and, and allergies. Me, especially. I think that's <laughs> the problem. I'm laughing because I had a realization, not because that's not true. The asthma and allergy thing is true. My knee has been bugging me all morning. See, <laughs> this is, we are getting it's old. Because you mentioned the weather's changing, and I'm like, oh, Emily's knee's hurting. <laughs> the weather must be changing. Uh, I remember, be, do you remember being little and like laughing at people who said that? Because it's kind of like that scene in Mean Girls where she's grabbing her chest and she's like, there's a whatever percent chance it's already raining. And, you know, like people who would always talk about their body could tell when the weather was changing. Yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. I sadly have been one of those for a long time with my chronic pain. Oh, like, really? Since I was young. I could, I'm like a human barometer is what Brandon calls me. But Ooh. so I've always had a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, with the knees and joints <laughs> and stuff, I was, I don't know. I guess I didn't put much thought into it. But then also when I went to nursing school. Oh, yeah. I, you know, so that's true. It's been a bit of a norm for me. Sadly. That makes sense. And I guess the thing that I had the biggest issue with was every time the weather changed, I would get nosebleeds because I would had like chronic nosebleeds. You could bump into me. I'd have a bloody nose. Uh, the Drainage. weather would change. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> so I had to get my nose cauterized twice on both sides, which oh my gosh. I remember being painful, but yeah, that was before I really pleasant. knew pain. So. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but that made a huge difference in my nosebleeds. And that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. But Please stick I, around. <laughs> we will get this uh, on track here. So we are really excited to continue on for season two. So we have a slate of amazing guests coming up soon. Yes, it's exciting. And we thought that after last week, if you missed it, we it was our kickoff of season two and we talked about transitions yeah. and seasons of transition. And we had a lot of really powerful, well, that sounds conceited, but we had good conversation. Yeah, it was it, really And it was like nice. good for my soul too. I was too. on a high after that. But we also had a really good visual metaphor, I guess. Yeah. And so that is on our socials now. So if you want to pop back and look at that, and that actually, I think would be a powerful thing to save, like have it yes. in a place where you see it often that yeah. talks about like, just stick with the present. Yeah. And then Kelsey and I had some jokes afterwards because our phones listen to everything and you had something that popped up about our conversation. And then I did too. And I forgot to text it to you. 
I don't remember what it was. The one that popped up for me was when you were talking. Oh, actually, that was off air. Oh, that was off it air. It was My a conversation dreams. off yeah. air about dreams. Yeah. And it popped <sighs> up and I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> They're listening all the time. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, is our own doing, right? right we right. could we could get like flip phones. That would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? To kind of like go back to that era. Just to trial Ooh, it yeah. for a week. It would be interesting. Then to I would see feel, what life would be like. I feel like we, we would feel like drug dealers or something. Oh, I got my burner phone. <laughs> Give us some street cred. Actually, we don't want that street cred. Right. Yeah, so we talked about transitions. And what is crazy is that this day... So we're recording right now. Again, we record ahead of schedule. Uh, this is August 19th, and this is actually the day that I left my job officially eight years ago, which is mind-blowing to think that yes. it's been that long, that I I believe now I have almost surpassed the amount of time that I was there versus the time that I wasn't there, which Isn't is- that always crazy to think about? Oh, it's wild because that was such a formational part of my adult years and my marriage and becoming a mom and kind of finding my voice. And so that is so weird to think that that's, I'm getting further removed from that. But every gray hair reminds me that that is the case. (laughs) And the achy knees. (laughs) The achy knees. I had to take an naproxen on the way here because my knee was kill. It still kind of hurts, which sitting like this is probably not helping. But I also think I sleep on it funny. You know, you just sleep on your knee, funny. <laughs> okay, that's a first. <laughs> so I am a side sleeper, but oh, I maybe it gets like if you have it bent and it's bent too long, it's like stuck. Like I think that might be the case. And when I side sleep, I put because remember I have the prime meridian of pillows uh-huh. between me and Jacob, so no one's allowed on the other side. And then <laughs> I like to use those as like a rest for my knee, my upper knee and then my lower knee is against the bed and then I usually shove blankets in between. Yeah. So that way like I have um, kind of a support in between my knees because my sister who is in physical therapy told me that that's why my knees were aching back in my 20s. <laughs> so then I did a better job of like anytime I'm on my side I put a pillow between oh, my yeah, knees or something like that. For sure. So, um, but that made me wonder too about that. What were we talking about? I'm not sure. It made me think of, I've not been sleeping well because I have to sleep on my back right now because I'm still recovering. And I have like four weeks to go of that. And I'm not sure how I'm going to handle this. How are you feeling? It's not fun. I'm doing pretty good. Yesterday was a good day. Every day I just push myself a little more. So it's good. I'm not, next week's going to be real test getting back to work and a little more real life, but that's good. Are you able to, um, like, are you working from home or are you physically going back into the office? I'm going to physically try to go. Okay. Yeah. Well, don't push yourself in a way that would be harmful. Yes. (laughs) So, but otherwise, yeah, it's good. Good. Yeah. I'm so glad. Okay. I should have asked you that before we started recording. Yeah, how rude. (laughs) Very rude. (laughs) We're talking about my ailing knee and you just had a major (laughs) surgery. So, wow. But uh, it's so weird seeing you two times because we... I know. Because, because... And I was just making fun of speech patterns because we recorded two days ago. I know. And we have several slated over the next several days, which is really awesome for us. And we're getting back ahead of our schedule and... All of that. So 
that's good. But speaking of the ones that we have slated and back to (laughs) what we were talking about. So today we're going to talk about the interesting tension between do I be, and of course, we're going to talk about this from the female perspective, not to say that there isn't this from the male perspective whatsoever, Exactly. but do I, am I a career mom or am I a stay at home mom? Or am I going to be a part-time career, part-time stay at home? Mm -hmm. Or what does that look like? Or do I do career and work from home? Like there's so many different ways that this can look and there's so many conversations around it. And seeing that today was the day that it was, it just hit me (laughs) like a bulldozer truck. I almost said bull truck. (laughs) Girl, I... (sighs) Anyway... Uh, it just it hit me that I was like, this is a conversation that we have been talking about, right. having it having a conversation around this and having it highlighted for well over a year, even before we started. Right. This was one of the first ones on our initial list was this, the the dichotomy between these two things that you almost feel like, and again, no one probably ever tells you this, but it's a this or that. And that's right. how I felt going into starting my family. And so we're going to dive into this conversation as much as we can today. But what we're really excited about is we are going to have Jill on next week. And she has an incredible story. She does. And I'm excited. I am so excited for everyone to hear this because it is unique and hard. And I mean, I... I know that when you and I first heard it, we were just kind of like jaws on the floor. Like, well, I was just like, uh, that I do not, that is not something I ever would foresee like happening in my life, you know, agreed. Um, for you and for me, (laughs) right. I'd be like, (laughs) no, "Eh, no thanks. Yeah. But to hear it, I'm just like, that's amazing. Yeah. So we don't want to give it away too many spoilers, but it's in the same vein of what we're going to talk about today. Kind of making that choice. And what do I need for me? What do I need for my family? Yep. Um, and why is it? Well, we we're talking like we said from the female perspective, but it does. And maybe that's because we're females. Feels like it weighs more heavily on us to make that decision. Yes. Than it does in the male role. Um, however, that's not the case all the time either. Right. You know, there are families where they have that conversation. It makes more sense if the father stays home yeah, too. So it goes both ways. But from our perspective, it's going to be from the female. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And to to that point about what we're talking about today and Jill coming on, we do not want this to be a one and done conversation. No, this is like opening a mm-hmm. can of worms. Yes, it is. I mean, well, well I in don't a like good worms. way. In a good What's way. What's a good thing to open a can um, of that's delightful? Vodka? There's <laughs> no cans of vodka. Uh, Sorry. I know that we have adolescent listeners. Uh, a can of gummy worms? What could be in a can that would be, oh, you know those clowns that pop out? You would hate that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Not delightful. a can of money. Anyway, well, you know, if you have a better descriptor for that, to send it to us. But we probably shouldn't start with can because that's probably where I went wrong. Jar. But anyway, we're just starting the conversation, and that's yeah. what is so important on so many things in life. Is just yes. a lot of these things um, sometimes are hard to talk about. Yeah, because. Everybody has a different perspective 
or has different feelings or there's reasons behind it, you know, Mm -hmm. of why they feel one way or the other, or they really want one thing, but they have to choose another because of, you know, their circumstances. So it is a conversation that is so important. One, I think for just us as mothers for value of it's okay, whether you feel one way or the other, you know, um, it's okay if you have been on both sides of it. Yeah. It's okay if you're, you know, just change your mind yeah. in the middle of it. Like, there's no right or wrong. Right. And I think, like, for so long, we've always been told, you know, it mm-hmm. had to be one way or the other, like you yeah. said. And I love specifically that you said it's okay to change your mind because that's my story. And we'll dive into that here in a little bit, a little bit more. But what I really appreciate about the two of us specifically being here is that you as of today, well, technically this counts as a job, as a job too. So (laughs) we're getting there, but you, (laughs) you have had a foot in both worlds for ever since you had kids or ever since I've had kids, ever since you've had kids. Okay. And I was the primary income earner and working parent. Jacob was still working and starting up the agency, but it just took a while. Mm-hmm. But he took over all the parental duties. And then obviously there was a big flip after we adopted Beckett and then I took over. But we did very seriously have that conversation about Jacob staying home mm-hmm. instead of me. Yeah. Because the agency wasn't quite thriving and it was I mean, it's just like when you start any new business, it just takes time. Yeah. And a lot of grit. Right. And Jacob was the full like he almost fully and I've told him this so much. And then he tries to give me credit, which I don't feel like much of it goes to me. But it is amazing to look back on how much those first three years of Danica's life Jacob did. I can probably tell you that I picked her up from daycare definitely less than 20 times in all those years. And when I would take her to daycare, I would almost get shocked faces um, from the people there. Even one time, one of the daycare ladies was like, oh, is Jacob out of town? That's what she said to me because I was dropping off my own kid. And that alone, I know she didn't mean it to sound mean, right? Right. But that was a dagger to my heart. Like, of course. oh, gee, thanks. I'm such a crap mom because I work constantly to keep this family afloat and because you know, I drop her off one time, you know, but yeah, it's just that it's that whole, what, un, is it an unspoken pressure that women put on yeah. themselves that it's, that it has to look a certain way, but yeah. But so, then also on the flip side, before I forget this thought, <laughs> for um, that comment to be made by someone, you know, without knowing the full story, then isn't fair either. Yeah. So I think that's where too part of the conversation has to go to how do we just respect one another? Yeah. You know, and this goes aside from this topic, but just respect of, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know why people um, necessarily, you know, are in the roles that they're in within their family. Mm -hmm. We, and it's not necessarily our place to know either. It's just a matter of respecting people. Yeah for the humans that they are, for the families that they're raising. And they're, everyone is doing the best that they can, yeah. you know? So. Yeah, and I, I think, too, about 
even comments that I've been told, oh, I'm so jealous that you get to stay home full time. And, you know, that's, it's like the iceberg thing. Like they have Mm -hmm. no idea under the surface, everything it took to get to this point. And it still was and is a sacrifice to this day. We would be more flexible as a two income family. That's the reality. Mm -hmm. But we have been a one income family for a long time. But I mean, my working years, I, I mean, that rocked our marriage and we had to like fight for our marriage, fight for our family. And I'm not saying it was because I was working. It Mm. was just like we were newlyweds and we made a lot of terrible decisions. And, you know, there was just so many other elements there. But in those years and all the work I put into and waking up in the middle of the night to work, but also that was a choice I made. No one asked me to do that. Mm -hmm. But having global contacts and being on teams that had that, you know, their working hours were different. Right. And so that was just part of my norm. And so thinking like all of the hard work and the the years of really trying to prove myself and do big things and travel and all that, like it, it mattered so much to me and it built my family to where it is today. So it's a little insulting to be like, oh, you're so lucky. Mm. <laughs> and so that's where I know that people don't mean it like that. Right. And because we talk about this all the time, most people's intent is not to hurt you or cut you with their words. Most people. And a a lot of misunderstandings are based on, or a lot of um, hurt is based on misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I know no one would ever be like, oh, you know, you were crap at your job. That's why you left. But then I also got deeply offended when people were like, oh, was it cheaper for you to stay home? than to work full-time and that like lit my fire what and that's more of an emily issue and a pride issue because i was the the bread breadwinner yeah all of our marriage up until the day that i left my job and we took a huge risk we lost more than half of our income when i left my job mm-hmm. which meant a lot of things had to be tightened up and i guess sorry jacob we didn't talk about this beforehand to get his permission i don't think he would care but we had to really just hone in on our budget, cut out extras, mm-hmm. make things work, get rid of debt. And that's okay. But there was just so much sacrifice there. But it also, I feel like, probably was a little demeaning to Jacob for me to be like, that's not why I left. I make more money than him. But it was never meant to be an insult. But he's told me in years since, he was like, I was never minimized by the fact that you made more money than me. It never made me feel like I wasn't the man that I need to be for you. He was like, I was just proud of you. Mm. And that was super awesome and sweet because I never really thought more about it until I left my job. And someone made a comment to me about how often I would point that out. And it's probably out of, and it's not right. I'm saying I shouldn't have done that, but it was more out of a justification of, well, I was really great at my job and I did well for our family. And I built this family on the reason that we got blah, 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 blah. But that's not the point because, you know, we were a team and he's the reason that Danica has such an amazing and thriving relationship with her father today Mm -hmm. because they had every single morning together. And I mean, you know, Jacob, but he just took his time with her every morning. And I mean, there would be times where daycare would call me at 1130 in the morning. Where's Danica? I'm like, what? (laughs) Oh, well, she's not here yet. And then I tell Jacob, you know, they really like her to be there by nine. And he said, well, why? If we're paying for it, shouldn't we drop her off whenever? And I'm like, well, they have a schedule. And he's like, oh, okay. 
Like they would just piddle around in the morning and they had so much fun. And truly, if Jacob would have chosen to stay home, he would be a thriving stay-at-home parent. Yeah. Like he really would. And so that's where men or women, anyone who makes that choice, where you can make that choice, where it's not made for you. Because a lot of times I think that choice is just made for you. But um, like when you do look at the numbers and Mm -hmm. it makes the most sense. Right. You kind of feel like push into a green and having that help you make that decision maybe without it being a heart decision type of thing. Yeah. 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 So just all of that, it's, it's tough. Just making a big hard stop change in your life is tough. And I also, I want to circle back to what I was saying about me getting heated about it being a numbers thing. When people would say that to me, there is nothing wrong with that if that is your story. Yeah. So please hear that. Like I was offended because I have pride problems or whatever. Not whatever. That's that was the case because I was very prideful of it, which is not a good thing, right? Like you should be proud, but not like super prideful to the point where it's crippling to you or you get you think everyone's judging you. But what I do think is so important is that however if any of this pertains to you however it worked out is fine and that's your story and I think we're just really ultimately trying to point out that you know conversations around this are tiptoed often around and also comments are hurtful Mm -hmm. (laughs) so right yeah do you think or do you feel in that time of um because when you started in that career do you feel like as you worked so hard and built that up, did you find part of your identity and success and acceptance in the job? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I so did. And what's really kind of unique about my career path was this was, I think the only job that called me back for a second interview. Oh no, I got two job offers and one was at a bank, and then this one I knew nothing about. And banking had been my prior experience in okay. college. And so I decided to take a leap and do the thing I knew nothing about. And I, so it's unique in that that was my one and only like professional post college job. And I so immersed myself into it that I allowed that to be who I am to the point where I would whenever it was send emails to my family or prior classmates or cause I had to plan. Uh, I, I was the president of my senior class and I planned our five-year reunion and it was so important to me that I had my title below my name. Okay. Because that became who I was. It uh-huh. was Emily Eaton, vice president uh, of whatever. <laughs> See, I, <laughs> vice president claims management, whatever. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even remember, but that, was crucial to me that it was known, which I think circles back to the pride issue that I just wanted to be successful and I wanted people to know that I was successful. Mm -hmm. And then being so immersed in that being my identity and getting accolades at my role and all of that was a very big change from then going home and being a stay-at-home parent. Yeah, and now your um, title is M-O-M. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so with what, one thing I do want to say, though, is it's so interesting to me when I look back on my 
career path and post-college and all of that, it wasn't a question about both of us finding jobs, right? Like we both found jobs. And in doing that, my, like when Danico was born, I did not have a choice not to work. Mm-hmm. Jacob was not making money yeah. at all. That one month, his paycheck was $21 or 16. I can't remember. We joke about it now because I was the jerk that told him to quit his job and find something that actually paid the bills. And he said he was going to prove me wrong. And then he did. So, <laughs> but I had no choice to leave. And that was just part of the framework. But I know before we started recording, and you mentioned this, and then I, I affirmed that that it's okay to change your mind mm-hmm. because I was so immersed in this being my identity. I was pretty judgmental of stay-at-home parents, and I I have one dear friend that probably remembers that I was like, "Don't you get bored during the day?" And that is such a rude question. <laughs> like that's a rude question to anybody, anyway. Yeah. Like don't don't t- try to stack up how they live their life or what they do. But I truly had no context for the work involved of having that role. And especially if you think about it, that Jacob took over all the mornings, which is usually the most chaotic part. And then when I'd get off work, she and I would have dinner and then Jacob would go back to work. So it was just, it was kind of like a handed off parenting situation in the Uh same household. But I truly never saw myself staying at home ever, 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 ever. (laughs) And I thought I would be bored out of my mind if I stayed at home and how could you possibly find things to fill your day? Mm-hmm. So that is really interesting to me that I had such a big change because you are allowed to change your mind. Right. Well, and your perspective changed because yeah. your circumstances and changed, right? Mm-hmm. And your heart was probably changing along the way too. Oh, uh, yeah. as you had <laughs> kids and you added, you know, a second and then a third and then God's like, well, I have, you know, your path is going to go a different way. Yeah. I never cried on business trips when I was gone ever. I, and that makes me sound like a ice woman, but I just knew it, it was. It doesn't though. It That's like, another <laughs> thing. Like women have to <laughs> That's stop. That's true. I'm so judgy of myself. No, you're not. <laughs> but I mean, I think that happens a lot though too, is you feel like a need to um, justify, not justify, but. I don't almost talk down your to choices yourself yeah. or something, your choices yeah. or whatever to like um, justify to others or, you know, that I am a hardworking and yeah. Yeah. You don't ever have to just because you're a hardworking mom or and you're traveling or whatever your job situation looks like, you know, you don't have to put yourself down whether you feel one way or the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is true. Like, if you take your kids to school for the first day, it's okay if you don't shed tears. If you do shed tears and you cry all day till you pick them up, that's fine too. It doesn't mean one of us feels more or less than the other. Yeah. Loving our family, you know? Yes, girl. Maybe it's more about loving ourselves. Yes, it is. You are onto something. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But I will never forget, I was in... Europe, Uh, I'm trying to think where I was, Um, probably Switzerland, and I got a, Jacob tucked a letter in my bag, and it was from Knox and Danica, and I'm doing air quotes again, because Knox would have been like, I don't know, six months at the time, and 
it just moved me to tears. And that at that point, that's when my heart had already started feeling the change. Mm-hmm. But I was just loving my newer role. I think I had been in it for like a year and a half or two years at that point. And so I was just like, no, this, no, (laughs) why am I so emotional about this? And then that just became more and more real. And then my very, very last business trip, I was, well, I was sitting on eggshells because I didn't know when Beckett was going to be delivered. And it could have been while I was on that trip, Mm -hmm. because that trip was in April um, and he came in May. But I just remembered feeling so lucky to be able to experience this, but I felt such a piece of this is my last one with this company, which was really hard because then I knew that this was our family plan. Most likely we were going to kind of use my mat leave as a trial run. Mm -hmm. But even though God was like, this is your plan, not a trial run. This is what's happening. But then I felt like a liar because I felt like I was faking it on that business trip with everybody knowing in the back of my mind and in my heart, you know, as I'm talking about these futuristic plans and these projects and all these things that I'm probably not going to be here. Yeah. But I know the person that replaces me is going to be great and can easily move on. And I'm, my dad told me years ago, he was like, think about it. If you got hit by a bus, they'd replace you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So why are you so worked up about, you know, this decision? And it's because back to the identity thing, I was so wrapped up in Emily who works there Mm -hmm. that I just couldn't even possibly think like, they're not going to move on without me. Like they're going to have like a memorial service, (laughs) 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 not a memorial, an honorary service of like, she was great. Now she's gone. And that's not the reality, you know? And so that was something that, really really hit me hard with that but enough about me I want to make sure that we talk about you too <laughs> and as we continue to t- have these conversations with other people and I mean I would love a male's perspective on this too that would yeah. be fabulous but that would be. Uh, I think it's a, we'll probably have more things that we think of and that we dive into but so we we talked about mine briefly so not briefly it's been like almost 30 minutes so now for you you, from the moment Charlie was born, obviously we know your birth story. And mm-hmm. if you haven't heard it, please head back to season one to hear about that story with Kelsey having Charlie. It is, it's mind blowing and scary, but alas, yes. she's here. Charlie's a thriving 10 year old, but you were able to, at the time, so you said, uh, before she was born, you were let go, right? Right. So I was six months pregnant and I lost my job, which seems like unbelievable when you're a nurse, but it <laughs> happened. <laughs> um, and uh, it thought, I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get a job six months pregnant? You know, because you're going to be going on maternity leave. Right. So nobody's going to want to hire you. So I had to do a... Um, interim type thing you know where it was like a six to eight week contract or whatever um and that was fine and then I had her but I had complications um which then led to not just a you know 12 week uh, maternity leave but a see she was born in February um long story short I had severe nerve damage was not able to walk after I had her so it took me until April where I was walking on my own. So without a device for, I was first in a wheelchair, then had um, 
a walker and then progressed to the cane. And then it was April before I could let that go. Um, and I don't think I was left alone with the baby. I can't even remember. It was a long time. Ugh. Um, so yeah, you can hear more about that story back, <laughs> um, in season one, but, um, I was ready to go back. I don't know if I was ready, but for our family, um, I went back in August of that year. So, um, into a new role. Um, and I went back as, I can't remember when they, I think I went back as part time. Yeah. And that was, and that was by design. Like you and Brandon talked about it and you were like, okay, you need to go back, but part time's okay. Right. Yeah. We were going to try and make that work. And I can't remember if it was three or four days. Oh gosh, this just seems so long ago. But um, the company I was working for, it was great. They kind of worked with me and let me build my own type of um, schedule, which worked really well. But there was so much life change and things happening for us at the time. But like I've mentioned several times, I kind of put all that aside yeah, and buried it away and wasn't dealing with all of those things and was like, right. okay, this is what I have to do. Um, we didn't have really deep conversations about it. And that's something we think about now is like, why didn't we? And I think we were just <laughs> numb, honestly, yeah. and just going through the motions of what we knew and what we had been used to. Which is easy to do after trauma. Right. Like you want to almost get back into a normal. Right. And, and like you said, you stuffed things away. Yes. Versus working through it. But it also might not have been the right time to work through it. Because right. of well, how fresh back it was. now, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we for sure, I think, would have done things differently. Um, but that was what we knew was we were both used to working, you know, mm-hmm. and so I was going back to work. So um, we did that, and um, we fell into a rhythm, and that was fine. And um, it, that particular job came to a point of um, me not feeling good about some of the things that had occurred. Um, and I was the head of the health services for this, um, company that I was working with and just some decisions I had made that were correct and in line. My administration did not back me up at all. Mm -hmm. And so it was putting me in a very difficult position. I'm the one with the license. And so I just had to make a choice. And there were days I was driving home from work, um, and just like would cry. Like I... Uh you know, it's just stressful and I'm leaving my baby to come to this situation. Yeah. And it wasn't feeling good anymore. And I remember driving and praying every morning, like, God, like just give me a clear sign. And a situation occurred. And I remember that day driving home and I, I knew the answer. The answer was I'm, this is it. I'm done. I cannot continue on here for myself or for my family. Um, and so it was a, a time of change, yeah. which was good. And so uh, Brian and I both decided at that point, um, we didn't really know what was next, but we knew that that, had, that door had to close at yeah. that moment. Um, and so I was able then to stay home with Charlie for a little while, but also still struggled with this, like 
need income type of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, we were also in a financial situation of since I was unable to work for all that time. Oh, yeah. We had built up some debt and things just out of necessity. So I felt a little pressure in that, that I needed somehow to like provide and add to our income. Um, And so I then for... Um, actually, was it? Oh my gosh, you guys, my memory. <laughs> I'm trying to think <laughs> what I did because there was a moment in time, but Charlie was older. No, I guess that would be correct. So that job, I guess I was there longer than I thought. Two years, I guess. Because after I left there, then I fell into a family we knew at church and um, they had had a new baby and she, the mom was going to go back to work. They had another younger um, child at home that was my daughter's age and fell into kind of nannying for them. And so it was great because I could take Charlie with me and um, help with their children. So I did that for several months. Um, and then just the thing I always struggled with and actually still think about to this day is... Um, what it is I exactly want. And I don't know if I will ever have the answer to that question. Does any adult, (laughs) if you know exactly what it is you want, please let us know. Right. So, and what I mean by that is like, I just feel as a mom, there's so many things um, that go through your mind. Like it's a Rolodex constantly, right? Yes. Same with like, I feel like that mind Rolodex then plays into the heart Rolodex. Yeah. You know, and it, it changes constantly too. But um, from that point on, it was apparent to us that the best thing for me physically, mentally, if I had to be working was to do something part-time. Okay. It, it was a good balance. So I was okay with that. And the next thing that came along was really by God's provision. I got a phone call um, from somebody I had used to work with that said, hey, I need help. This is what I'm doing. And I thought of you. Um, Within the same week, um, I had a friend at church that I'd always said, hey, if your job's hiring, I would love to do that Mm -hmm. as a part-time PRN thing. That all happened in the same week. Um, And so for then several years, I did both of those. And I was able to make my own schedule and all of that. Um, And then had Aiden through that period of time as well. So... I have always throughout, since I've had kids, since I've got out of college, been working in some form or fashion. So now what it looks like is uh, three days a week. um, And it's a good balance. Um, What I have recently learned is that I have to constantly remind myself, you know, I'm only one person. Yeah. My team is wonderful. And they will thrive and survive without me. (laughs) And um, I don't have to put the pressures on myself. Like, is the pressure coming from me? Is the pressure coming from the job? Right. And that was a huge turning point for me um, just within this past year of my perspective and kind of letting some of that weight go so that I could more easily balance life and work. Um without so much wheat. But it's not like something I could just throw away. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a bag I have to unpack almost daily. So, um, yeah. It's, but like, 
to my point of saying, I don't really know what I want. It's just, it. there are days where I feel so guilty that I have to yeah. go to work because I feel like it would be so much easier if, you know, um, I didn't have to worry about the leaving, Yeah, you know, to go and do a job for somebody else and then come back home and do the job at home and I do see. all those things. Yeah. Okay. Then there's days where it's because I feel like I'm letting my family down in that sense. Yeah. Um, and then there's days where it's like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go to work. I just need that, <laughs> you know, let my mind yeah. go and work is something I know I'm really good at. And I kind of have, feel like I have more control sometimes. Mm-hmm. So then it's kind of a peaceful type of thing. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I do enjoy it. I have an amazing work family right now that makes the difference as well. Good. So I think throughout my experience as well is just learning what's most important to you, what you value, what you feel good with, you know, Mm -hmm. whether that's full-time, part-time, whatever balance works best for you and your family. Um, and whatever your, you know, financially or whatever your situation yeah. allows. Um, aside from that, the biggest port point from or part for me is being able to um, take care of me, I guess, and realize that yes, I'm doing this for my family, right? But I have to take care of me along the way mm-hmm. too. And so finding, I'm not even sure. I think I'm on that oh, journey right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, I mean, is such a deep topic. We need to, right. like the self-care, mind care, all of yeah. that is huge. But you saying the, the so just rolling it back a little bit to the piece about what do I want? When you said you clarified, you meant like stay home, work full time. That's or k- keep working, doing be- best of both worlds. Right. I was internalizing that as like, what do I want to do with my life? <laughs> because oh. <laughs> I I have I don't know if I've mentioned this on the pod before, but our school system here is incredible in the Kansas City area, and specifically in Olathe, you can pick an academy for high school. Uh-huh. which then specializes in so many things. There's like culinary, um, arts, arts, healthcare, ser- service, engineering, yeah. and robotics, like so many different concentrations, which I think is incredibly fabulous. However, if you uh, want to do one of these special um, concentrations, you can decide that by eighth grade. I have an eighth grader. She doesn't even know what she wants to do tomorrow. Right. And so I have told her going to this, and this might make me really cynical or not taking advantage of a really amazing program. But I told Danica, honey, most of my friends are not doing what they set out to do in college, including myself Mm -hmm. professionally. And most of them have had to make changes, some of which don't even use their degrees. <laughs> so I have a hard time like ma- asking you to pinpoint, what is it I want to do with my life? 
when I'm in stinking eighth grade. Right. And outfits mattered more to me than my future career someday. Mm -hmm. And then your next four years be dictated on that because then that just, to me, goes back to the pressure conversation. Exactly. Because then, gosh, these kids probably feel pressured by parents or the school system or themselves. Like, I chose this. So, which I do know you can drop out of the academy, but from what I've understood, if you drop out, you can't get back in. Mm. And uh, this is an entirely side step conversation but anyway all that to say when you were like what do I want to do I was just thinking about how you know I've told you I you know what was it last year I really wanted to look into like having a funeral home and so then I looked into all of the requirements and the apprenticeship and it was going to be three years and I was like nah I'm, I'm already bored so then I was just like oh I would love to do this I would love to do that and so talking to Jill next week will be great because yeah. she did have a moment like that of making that choice later but I just <laughs> I feel like how many adults set out to do one specific thing and are doing that thing today and then are happy with that choice? Right. Because then it just goes to the whole like, what do I want to do? So anyway, yeah. I just wanted to clarify why I said that because <laughs> I understand now what, where you're going with makes way more sense with what yeah. we're talking about. No, I mean, I, I mean, going into like, well, and that's, it. it is and it's not true. Like going into nursing, you know, it's pretty set. Like, yeah. I could have completely, you know, you, you get that degree. I have done a number of things with it. it so it has been an amazing career choice for me. Um, but then after, um, actually, I should have initially, I could have like got into a program to extend, right? Like got mm. my master's or whatever. I should have done that right away. So anybody out there listening, if you're in school right now, just do it just right do it. away. Don't, you know, fall in love. You're most likely not going to want to do it later. Don't fall in love. Right. Don't do all those things. Take some time for you and just do it. When your best friend says, do this with me. Yeah. Just do it because time goes so fast. Anywho. And you will never regret getting an extra degree or any of that stuff. No, even if you didn't use it. Yeah. But at this point, then my life had changed so much. It didn't make sense for me. And I didn't have any further interest in it at the time Mm. to like extend my my career whatever. Yeah. If I were to do something now, it'd be something totally different. And not yeah. because I don't like where I'm at, but I'm kind of at the point in my life where like I want something new and interesting yeah. like to kind of expand my horizons a yeah. little bit. So um yeah, but the whole like yeah, what do I want to do with my life? I don't know. <laughs> like how do we as now raising kids not put pressure on them I guess awareness is the first thing yeah to know we don't want our kids to feel that Mm -hmm. I don't know if you felt pressured at home I did but it was never because my parents or specifically my dad made me feel pressured he just I knew at a younger age that I wanted to go to med school uh, which I clearly did not do but I I knew that for a long time and I even entered college thinking that that oh, okay. was going to be my path and then I fell in love so yeah. back to the whole don't <laughs> fall in love people it'll derail your plans no I'm kidding baby I love you and you are the best thing ever to happen to me but um so that being said I did not specifically have pressure but I did say dad these are my goals and he was like okay well your goals are not aligning with your grades right now and that was in eighth grade and so he was like freshman year on it's going to matter so Mm. that's up to you right but he was never like you need all a's or you need this or you need to be involved in every single stinking club that exists because that was me too yeah Uh, and that I felt such a pressure to be that person 
And I think that was probably like friends influence too and family and, you know, everything that was going on within my own family. So I, yes, I felt pressured, but that was never told to me. Like nothing had ever, ever happened that I felt it from my dad, but I just wanted him to be proud. And I wanted him to just know he didn't have to worry about me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, um, success for me growing up, the same thing, nothing was ever said or whatever. I think also I had the, you know, I was the first child. So you do all the things like you, which we've talked about before in our birth order. Like you fit that you're kind of both ways because there was a, yeah, a very large, you know, a a time period. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of like a first and a fourth. Yeah. Right. And I have some middle child qualities. I'm a chameleon. You are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think a lot for me was put on myself too. It was an unspoken type of thing. Um, But I knew, you know, I knew I wanted to go to college and all that. Um, Nursing and healthcare is not necessarily what I, in my heart, I don't know that I wanted to do that. Because I remember saying, my mom's a nurse. I don't want to be a nurse type of thing. (laughs) Um, But it's been it's been great. You know, that's just how, um, that was the path God prepared and had played out. Um, I already forgot where I was going with this. (laughs) We were just talking about, you know, choosing what you want to do with your life. Oh, and the pressures. Yes. Unspoken pressure. Oh gosh. Yes. Um, maybe they should have pressured me a little bit more. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I also saw in my family unit, um, even like generation before, you know, my parents, hard work Mm -hmm. you worked super hard and everybody worked that was success so for me not having a job and not working has been if that were the case has always been an internal struggle because am I successful and am I okay if I don't have a job and you're when you're saying hard work the majority of it's like farming, like physical hard work too. Right. Right. Like, right. Well, in that sense, but like even the women, you know, all having a job on on the farm, essentially and outside of in the community or whatever. So, um, that was all I knew. And that was what I was taking with me. Mm -hmm. And still to this day is like a, you think about subconsciously. Yeah. Like, okay, wait, if I'm not, I remember, um, my oldest, my brother right under me saying after I graduated college. So when you're first nursing, you're it's 12 hour shifts. So it's three shifts a week. And then the other days, you know, are free essentially, unless you pick up extra. And I remember him saying one time, he's like, what do you do with all your time? Oh my gosh. And that here I am. I graduated. Oh, I don't even want to say how long ago. (laughs) It makes me feel really old. My knees really start aching. Um, but that has stuck with me. Yes. And so I think like just being super aware of your personal feelings. Are you okay over there? <laughs> I feel like you threw something out of whack. I think I <laughs> Can we take a quick break? Sure. Okay, I'm so Oh sorry. my goodness. Okay, we are back. Are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> so I was stretching or moving. I 
don't know because I was listening intently to you. And then all of a sudden I felt a pop in my shoulder blade and then it just hurt really bad. And that's why Kelsey could see that I was physically like... (laughs) I've been there way too many times. (laughs) So apologies for that quick little break. But anyway, the storm is rolling into Kansas City. So if you hear that in the background, that's what's going on. Yes. But it's kind of like gloomy in an eerie and fun way. I like this weather, but... It's okay once in a while for me. <laughs> I don't know that I, I can I live in it, it every I'm, day. I'm home today, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I, I dig it. Okay, so you were talking about your 12 shifts, and then you'd have a couple days off, and then you were going from there. Right, and then mention that comment my brother made, which is, um, so where I think I was going with that, you know how my brain works <laughs> well in my memory here, but I think what I was meaning by that is not that any... Um, how I was perceiving what I was seeing growing up was again, that success was the hard work and you had to be working all the time. Like, you know, uh, if you weren't working, you were lazy. So it truly felt to you like in that question, he probably had the same foundational and yeah, he was seeing the same experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, well, so you have a couple days off. So what are you going to do with that time? Right. Um, But again, this is all unspoken. This is like self, you know, putting this on on myself. Um, And so, yeah, I just, and like I said, that's something I still work through and work with Mm -hmm. today is, um, is this okay? Like the guilt of it. Oh, yeah. You know, Um, but then the guilt goes on both sides. It is. If I'm not working and I have a day off where I'm home to rest, which I just kind of laugh at because yeah. last year um, I typically worked three days. There was some periods of time where I had to pick up extra just as, you know, things were shifting around at, at work. But um, my day off was not a day off. I was right. never even home. You know, it was the day to do all my doctor's appointments or mm-hmm. take the kids to think there's um, grocery, all the things. I, I will like literally was never home or podcasting like this work. It, it, yeah. It was crazy. Um, and so then I would still, was still feeling guilty. Right. You know, or if I had a day where it was nothing and I could sit and watch TV all day, if I wanted to, then I'm in my mind feeling guilty. Know, yeah. Feeling guilty about that. And then the guilt you're talking about the guilt going both ways. It even is extended to the, I was working all the time, like probably close to 60 hour weeks and feeling guilty that I'm not home more. And then later it became, I'm feeling guilty because I don't provide an income and I just bought some new shoes. So now I need to do X and Y, X, Y, and Z, or maybe I should just take the shoes back and then, uh, and then I'll still be stressed about it. So it doesn't really matter. And that is just, where does that come from? I don't know. Uh, some help with this. Uh, a <laughs> therapist. A help. It's a so shaman. interesting. Like, where does <laughs> the, where does that guilt, the feeling yeah. and uh, of guilt come from? And I, mean, I would be curious to find if this is more of a stateside thing, like culturally in other countries. Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know that women or men feel quite the guilt of staying home or choosing, you know, choosing to walk away from their career and stay home or vice versa. Or if there is this like unspoken pressure and I just like our society here. Yeah. 
That's interesting. And then I just thought, too, I wonder when we speak to the male side of this. Yeah. If they face the same guilt type of stuff. Yeah. I would be. So many questions here. Yeah. I'm just, I I have all these things going on and I'm looking at the time like, oh, we can't talk about all this. So we'll have to continue to tap into this conversation more for sure. And just one thing I will say before we kind of, kind of, kind of move on is that that last year specifically, this was the entire time I was working, but it really was rough that last year when I was at work, I wanted to be home. And when I was at home, I wanted to be at work. And I remember having days off when it was just my two kids, Danica and Knox, and being like, this is chaos. There's no way I can be here full time. This is blah. Or I would have a day off and I would have my peers would ask or, you know, coworkers, whatever. They'd be like, oh, what are you going to do with your kids? And I'm like, they're going to daycare. I'm doing nothing with my kids. It's my day off. And then immediately feeling bad about it. Uh-huh. And then one one of those days, I I every year I worked, I always had a mental health day that I just took one day off and it was only for me. And I like didn't meet up with anyone else. And I, you know, I've talked about this in the past that growing up, I'd go to movies by myself and eat out by myself and all these things. Like I very comfortable with myself, but I knew it was just a good reset for me. Mm-hmm. So one day a year, I'd get that. I haven't done that very well since I've been a stay-at-home mom, which is fine because I get pockets of it, but I would very intentionally do that. And on that day, I was feeling so guilty. It was like right after lunch and I picked my kids up and I, and that was a guilt-driven decision. That wasn't because that's what the best thing was for me mentally and physically, which, yeah, I would love to dive into that more with some good perspectives from others because I, I have never enjoyed making decisions out of guilt or other people feeling like they need to to decide things out of guilt because then I feel like you're not doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's an entirely different conversation, but I just feel like it's important to say, if you're listening to this and you're a full-time working parent, kudos to you. If you're listening to this, you're a full-time stay at home parent, kudos to you. You know, I, I would hope that you know that what you are doing is right for you and your family. And if it's not, then explore ways that it can be different. But there is no right answer. Right. And there really is value to what you bring has no price tag. Like no Agreed. price on it. Whether Agreed. does that, I don't know. Did I say no, that right? You did say that right. Whether because, you're working yeah. in a, a business or place of work and there is a numbered income correct and then working at home yeah there that income is that number would be way higher than an actual like income you physically actually get to take home (laughs) (laughs) if it existed you know what i mean yeah i've seen those charts that said like a stay a full-time stay-at-home mom is worth like i don't know something like two hundred ten thousand dollars a year because of Every single thing that it takes that it is required of running and a household. hours and all, all yeah, the things that it just that is very very right. real. But I think where I was going with that is that <laughs> <Where> you <laughs> both think? are valued. I think where we have to maybe change our mindset is not thinking of numbers, mm-hmm. thinking of presence. You know, be present when you're at home. Yeah, in the moment, be present when you're at work in that moment. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? 
just do your best in whatever it is. Yeah. And your worth is not, and your value in what you're doing is not tied to a number. Yeah. Um, and it's was- also not tied to a title. <laughs> yeah. Right. And both of those things relate to me or related to me at that point in time, because I was very number centric and that that's what mattered was the number on the paycheck and the title behind my name or below my well, name. Like that's too, what mattered it's something to me. Tangible to show. Yeah, that's true. You know, cause like, I feel like a hard work as a mom, I mean, our children, you know, mm-hmm. thriving human beings, hopefully loving and kind and all yeah. the things should be enough to show. <laughs> But I think when you're in the midst of it, yeah, it's super hard to show that. Like, there's mm-hmm. no pay stub, right? Yep. And you could have probably cleaned the house all day long, but if somebody were to walk in and the kids are home, the tornado's already come yeah. through, so everything's already undone. Yeah. Right? And so, um, I think we just have to have a mind shift and a heart change, too, yeah. in loving ourselves first. Yeah. And... Um, giving yourself credit and loving yourself for what you're doing because you're doing yes. an amazing job. I like that, giving yourself credit for whatever it is that you're doing because it matters. Yeah. And it's important and you're exactly where you need to be. Yes. But if you want to make changes and take steps to do things differently, then by all means, push yourself and do that. But I, what you were talking about made me think of this, that shortly after I left, we went to the grocery store and one of my kiddos had a dangly on the back of their hair and it was definitely like a poop dangle because there was a poop situation and I had walked all the way through Price Chopper and I kept smelling something and I'm like for the love the baby's not poopy like what is this and I just remember thinking wow I had I had this thing that I could show that I was like I am Emily J. Eaton blah 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 and I do well and then now I'm this mom that probably has barf on my shirt and a poopy kid that it was legit stuck in hair poop that I was like wow this is what I have to show now but yeah in the moment I mean it was funny and embarrassing but just looking back it is different that your your currency is different yeah oh and, there, that, you said it perfectly oh thanks girl yeah. but it's it's just yeah that's just how it can go. And one thing before we really move on, I do want to add uh, is this, and this I feel like was the most valuable piece of advice I have ever gotten when it pertains to this conversation. So I'm sure I will repeat it in the future. But my very last day, a woman that I still to this day so highly respect, and I always saw her as me in the future. And then whenever I left, I felt like I was disappointing her. (laughs) And my very last day, she has me come to her office and we're chatting. And, you know, I think I told her, I'm sure you're surprised that I'm doing this. And she said, you know, I am, but I'm not. And I told her, you know, I don't know if I'm making a huge mistake. And, you know, that's where she kind of was like, the door's always open. But she was like, Emily, as a mom, you're not going to win. If you work full time like us, you're going to feel guilty about that and not seeing your kids. If you stay at home full time, you're going to feel guilty about not creating an income to provide for your family. So she's like, if you can be at peace with knowing that you can't win and just live at peace with your decision, you'll be so much happier. And I also, at first, I think I internalized it wrong because I was like, oh, she told me I'm not going to win at anything. But it's more of like, find peace in your choice. Right. Because you are always like, I feel like any decision in life, you're always going to have that 
little voice in the back of your head saying, oh, I should have done this, mm-hmm. or I, I should have done that career path, or I shouldn't have made that purchase, or I shouldn't have said that thing. Like, we're always going to have that element of shoulda, coulda, woulda. But in this sense, it was more of like, just make peace with your choice. Yes. Because that will bring you happiness. Your title, your income, your hugs and kisses at home, like, you are not going to truly thrive and be happy until you're at peace with where you're at. And have I mastered that? Absolutely not. Her words mean more to me today than they did at that time. Yeah. Which totally makes sense. I was a completely different person then. But I was also starting to feel like the immediate rot, gut rot of, did I just make the biggest mistake of my life? Or am I going to fail? Because I think that's what I kept telling myself was that I'm probably going to fail at this because I was so good at this other thing. And I don't know how to like have playtime and talk about the alphabet. That sounds terrible. <laughs> like turn on a show and learn it from seat. Not what, what is, what's the Sesame free channel? Street. Sesame street. <laughs> learn it from public television. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not that level of a parent, but even if you are, it's not a terrible thing, but I just, I truly like doing the little kitty stuff made me cringe. It didn't come natural to you. No. Yeah. And so it truly, truly was a challenge. And that's where I just, if, if anything, we hope that you know that this is, we're just starting this conversation. Yes. There is so much more to be said and to discuss and to, I, I think this will bring awareness to even the both of us. Right. Because, you know, I've been out of the full-time workforce for so long and that's where I would love to chat with someone who's in that today mm-hmm. too, to talk about all of these things and probably have perspective that we don't even have. Right. And I would just love to And then to go there. Uh, in part two, we can add in, um, you know, how do you be in community with others that are different? Like, Ooh, yeah how I work part-time and my friends that are stay at home, like the things that that brings up and how does that work? And um, so many things, but I think what we most want to leave with you today, I just love how you said, just be find peace, peace in your moment, peace in your present. Yeah. And it goes back to that boulder. Yeah. Put the past it down. Does. Be at peace with your present decision, your present mm-hmm. situation. Um, even if that situation isn't, you know, all roses and butterflies. Right. God has yeah. you there for a purpose. And it's, um, you know, all by design. So, yes, yes, yes. I love it. Same. So, to oh, be continued. That was good. Yes, we will keep digging into this. So, as we mentioned at the beginning, if you have crumbs of wisdom, email them to us or tell us on socials. We would love to hear that. We, Anything that we can share, I mean, since we are a female-run business and podcast, we obviously love empowering women, but we also love empowering people because everyone needs to feel empowered, right? So, if you have any nuggets of wisdom or questions about this, anything, send it to us, please, please, please. And even if you're, uh, you would like to dive more into it and share part of your story, send it to us, that sort of thing, because... That's what this pod is all about, is sharing sharing our lives and sharing stories with each other. And so, just keep that in mind. If there, if something kind of hits, hits you and you're like, oh, I need to share that, or I'd like to talk about that more, please get in touch with us. It's, 
easy to do. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, our, our email address. And all of that said, we mentioned this last week and it's going to be in our new tag because we created a new one, but we're on Patreon now. So if you're looking for ways to support us, if you hop on there and sign up at any sponsorship level and keep in mind, like this is not we are not begging you to do this. This is a choice. So if you want to do it, great. If not, that's totally fine. Please keep listening to us. But if you do sign up in the next like 60 days, you get a sticker, one of our ridiculously imperfect stickers. So visit us on there. But we just are are so excited. I'm really, really excited to keep talking about this. Yeah. And to have a continuing conversation around this topic because it is, I remember one of my last weeks at work, I said, my goal is when I stay home is to end the mommy wars. And one of the guys at the table was like, what? And I'm like, well, I used to be the mom thinking that you were, you know, I don't know if I thought lazy was the word, but that you weren't doing what you needed to do for society and your family if you stay home. Mm -hmm. And now I'm full 180 and I'm going to be a stay at home mom. And there's such a like, this us versus them mentality. I will say I feel like it's better than it used to be when I first left. Mm -hmm. But it also might be because I don't entertain a lot of the like, getting into online fighting and whatever and all of that. But I do feel like at the time when I left, there was a very big us, us versus, versus them, them. Yeah. mentality. But and maybe that still exists. And, and it might just be my perspective because I am so far removed from it now but I don't know so anyway that was one of my goals I set out to end the mommy wars so maybe that's what this is I don't know know. it only took me eight years (laughs) (laughs) but anyway okay let's let's move on into our questions do we want to do that let's do it all right so the first rapid fire today is one thing you can't leave the house without is that the right one Mm mm-hmm yeah, I was I was just looking down at it because I was thinking I would say my phone, probably my phone. But if we weren't talking about your phone, hmm, a bra. Oh yeah, <laughs> maybe we already did this question because I think I did say a bra. Did we say this? I don't question, remember. Girl? I think we've done one like on an island. You know, if you're stranded. Or what's something you? Would I want don't to know. Have with and you. you know what? Our listeners could correct us, or they might not even care. And what's great is our answers might be different. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> it might be like a different question. I I, I always, think a phone would probably be instinctively yes, yeah the one thing. But I always have my cup with my water and my favorite lip gloss. So those are things that I will always have with me. Yeah, but my phone for sure. I think me too. I went and ran an errand without my phone the other day and I was just at a loss. So I feel like if we did this burner phone challenge thing, that would be really powerful for me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should do it. Then I wouldn't even be able to listen to my podcast. Like, think about that would be insanity. We've got to consider this. Okay. Okay. All right. Next. What word... (laughs) Do you hate to hear? <laughs> Moist. You stole mine. You knew Moist that. panties. Oh. Panis. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that is. 
folks. Yes. I, well, I sh- I wish I could spell it correctly. I don't. I can't at this moment. Is it P-A-N-U-S? Pianus? Well, I just wanted to clarify that people didn't think I said one thing. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We're talking about the anywho, underbelly. It's a nursing term, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Pianus is gross. So is. Because they are moist. Penetrate. <laughs> Okay, we just said one word. So, okay, yes. Moving on. One subject you'd like to learn more about. Ooh. Um, something I photography for me. Ooh, yeah. I've that's a good one. Always wanted to do. We bought a really good camera before Aiden was born, and I said I wanted to take classes and all these things. Um, so that's something I would like to do. I was terrible at history when I was in school. And now I find myself in every city. Like I love historical tours. I love hearing about why this is the way it is, that sort of thing. So I think probably history because I feel like I didn't care about it. And then I didn't retain. And then the older I'm getting, the more I'm like really intrigued by things like that. I've always liked it as well, but the retaining part, it's not going to (laughs) surprise anybody, but also I think it's like, you don't use it necessarily. Right. You know? And so if you don't use it, you lose it. Don't ask us. <laughs> that just made me think of the 40 year old virgin. <laughs> if you don't use it, you lose it. That just... <laughs> oh my. <laughs> That's a quote from the movie. That's a movie. Steve Carell movie. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say. What was I? I don't know. Back to history. It doesn't matter. It's, I'm sure it doesn't matter. But anyway, okay, I think that's it. Yeah. So again, keep in touch with us. Join this conversation with us and have a wonderful day. Yeah. And I hope that this finds you well. And I am hoping all the peace for you over your soul at exactly where you are right now. Yes. Yes. Ooh, the thunder. Yeah, they, no, I don't think our listeners could hear it, but it thundered right after I said and that. And it, felt, it felt like God was agreeing yes. with that statement. Just be at peace with where you are. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gents, <laughs> until next time, keep, keep it ridiculously, ridiculously imperfect. Thanks for listening to Ridiculously Imperfect. Become a member of our Ridiculously Imperfect lifestyle by visiting us on Patreon. Sign up and receive special member-only benefits. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ridiculously Imperfect Podcast. If you love what you've heard, please give us a review and a five-star rating. Your reviews make our hearts smile. This podcast is produced by Emily Eaton and Kelsey Foster. Our sound engineer is the one and only Isaac Moreno with Kingdom Comes studios until next time keep it ridiculously imperfect imperfect.